0: Good afternoon, we are here today uh, for this podcast as part of the American Thoracic Society web committee series of podcasts. And this one is extremely important, as it will, we are hosting Chris Garvey. Uh, Chris is a nurse practitioner who currently leads the American Thoracic Society Pulmonary Rehab Reimbursement Working Group, charged with addressing PR access, awareness and payment inequities. The working group includes representatives from all major U.S. pulmonary societies and patient organizations. The working group's efforts include a comprehensive open access U.S. PR program directory of over 1,700 PR programs, annual multi-society social media campaign to foster awareness and amplify the rationale for PR as a priority based on its effectiveness and cost savings and survival benefits post-COPD discharge, Also, a national survey to better understand the characteristics of US virtual PR programs and an understanding of strategies and opportunities to interface with value-based care models. Sysgarve's clinical care and publications have focused on exercise prescription, hypoxemia, home and ambulatory oxygen, pulmonary rehab and interstitial lung disease and virtual PR programs. Her research focus includes virtual PR and ambulatory ventilation, Chris helped lead the development and implementation of the American Association of Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Rehabilitation National PR Registry. She's a co-author of the AACVPR Outcome Resource Guide and recent update of the PR Reimbursement Toolkit. Chris has authored over 50 peer-reviewed chapters, guidelines, and manuscripts. She's a former co-chair of the ATSPR section and also chaired the ATSPR sections program committee. She's an active member of the PR assembly executive committee. She is recipient of the ATS National Public Service Award, ATSPR Assembly Recognition Award, the AACVPR Kent Smith National Award for Excellence and Presidential Award, and past president of the California Thoracic Society, serving as the society's only non-physician president. She has received the Research Fellowship Award twice from the American Respiratory Care Foundation as well. Garvey's 46-year clinical background includes working as a nurse practitioner in PR and sleep disorders at Un- the University of California in San Francisco, PR and cardiac rehabilitation manager and clinician in the community, director of home care at the visiting nurses and hospice of San Francisco, as well as 12 years experience in critical care. She receives a Master of Science in Nursing as a family nurse practitioner from Holy Name University and a master's in public administration Health Service Administration from University of San Francisco. She's also an Honorary Master's from the AACPPR. Chris, thank you for being with us today. And thank you for all your efforts and leadership helping our pulmonary patients and highlighting the importance of pulmonary rehabilitation.
1: Well, thanks, uh, Francois, that was a very nice introduction. And thanks for all you're doing to support um, and advance um, our challenges uh, better. Um, payment for pulmonary rehab, and thanks, Lindsay, for also being part of um, hosting this meeting. So for those that are listening in, there's been a lot going on in pulmonary rehabilitation reimbursement. Um, I think perhaps the most important or exciting part is that all major U.S. pulmonary societies are taking pulmonary rehab payment seriously and working together to make advances wherever possible. Um, so our recent focus has been looking at virtual pulmonary rehab models, as you know, that's an emerging area in the U S and it, um, I'll talk about that shortly. Um, also getting Medicare to pay for services more equitably and providing annual social media campaigns to improve, um, pulmonary rehab awareness. Um, So uh, you may know that there will be a written version of the quarterly bite available because reimbursement is very technical, very, um, has a lot of intricacies. So um, sometimes I think it's a good cure for insomnia. Um, You know, it's pretty dry, but I think we've all accepted that it's something important that we are better off knowing about. um, So we can do do our part to try to make it work better. Um, So uh, I think that you have some questions for me, Francois. Yes,
0: yes, Chris. Thanks again for being with us. I mean, sharing your experience and all the work you've done is extremely important, and updating our listeners about reimbursement and coverage in the U.S. So we're going to start with a broad question, uh, Chris, please. What do you have recent updates regarding reimbursement and coverage?
1: Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of challenges, but there are also also some important favorable changes that have occurred with pulmonary rehab rules and payment. Um, So some of the changes include that now advanced practice providers such as nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and clinical nurse specialists will now be able to supervise pulmonary rehab. So an important advancement. In addition to that, Both physicians and APPs um, will be able to provide virtual pulmonary rehab supervision through the end of this year. Also, through the end of this year, um, virtual pulmonary rehab is allowed only in physician office based practices, which is a very small number in the US. Some other changes, um, COVID in 2022, I believe, um, became a covered diagnosis. It's defined as either confirmed or suspected COVID-19 with persistent symptoms that include respiratory dysfunction for at least four weeks. Interestingly, there's no requirement for hospitalization prior to pulmonary rehab or positive COVID-19 test or PFTs. And then finally, payment for outpatient respiratory services, which are G codes, uh, go G0 237 G0238, and G0239 typically used for non-COPD and non-COVID diagnosis um, for pulmonary rehab, the payment increased by approximately 13% in 2024. So I'm glad to say that there are some positive things going on, and we just have to keep working at getting everything else working better.
0: I completely agree, yes. And this this uh, um, increases also was... Uh an important aspect that we need to work more um, for our patients and PR reimbursement. Um, Chris, can you give us, please, a brief historical perspective regarding pulmonary rehab formal payment? Um, We know it was established in 2010 when CMS began providing payment for HCPCS.
1: Right, right. So as you said, pulmonary pulmonary rehab became a permanently covered service. Um, This was specifically for um, patients with Gold COPD stages two through four. This occurred in 2010 when Medicare established a new bundled or comprehensive one hour billing code, GO424. So this replaced traditional 15 minute billing codes, GO237 and GO238. So remember, 15 minute to one hour, that should, should suggest to all of us that it's going to be more time. This is a bundled code, so it includes everything, uh, both direct and indirect costs. So um, it includes education, exercise, uh, staff payment and benefits, equipment and all of the physicians work, including supervision. So this is quite a big change. And we now know in in retrospect that we didn't adapt to it very fully. Um, And so we're trying to look at this as an opportunity for getting things right.
0: Great. Right. Um, and Chris, what has changed since then, since 2010? Um, specifically, were there any updates recently regarding those CPT codes?
1: Yeah. So about uh, in 2022, um, there were several pulmonary societies that came together to look at um, that O four 424 code And where does it not really measure up? We know that cardiac rehab has gotten many of much of the payment um, aspect right. They get paid twice as much more than twice as much as pulmonary despised pulmonary rehab being much more complex service and much more complex patients. Um, So they're they constructed um, and got approved two new um, bundled pulmonary rehab CPT codes. 94625, which is pulmonary rehab without continuous oximetry monitoring, and 94626, which is pulmonary rehab with continuous oximetry monitoring. So similar to cardiac rehab um, explanation of their codes and also speaks a little bit more to what we are actually doing with patients. So that's the change. It's still a bundled code. If you use continuous um, oximetry monitoring um, and it's appropriate, say, a patient with pulmonary hypertension or severe hypoxemia, um, you do have to justify it um, in documentation um, and know that both codes get paid exactly the same. Got it. so
0: Chris, understanding from what you just shared, um, it seems like there is no plans to separate the professional physician supervisor payment from other components of point of rehab, such as education, facility, virtual components, et cetera.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. Physicians can bill using e codes or evaluation and management codes for work on the first um, individualized treatment plan. Otherwise, the bundle code pays for all direct and indirect services, all the ones I mentioned, in addition to all of the assessment, the six-minute walk test, facilities, et cetera. So I think for now, we're going to have to get used to this. The bottom line, though, is to recognize all of the complexity and all of the cost uh, that a bundle code actually um, covers. And so the, the point being, our charges for our services should be parallel with all of that expense.
0: Absolutely. And on the other hand, we see that the reimbursement is not kind of uh, improving over the years. Um, Are you aware of any recent decline in reimbursement similar to what was seen in, in 2012? Any knowledge of future plans to cut on reimbursement?
1: We're not hearing that. Um, so, um, pulmonary rehab payment for gold, uh, COPD two through four and COVID, it increased, but it was a modest, 1% in, um, 2024. Um, and as I mentioned, the G codes did go up, um, the GO 237, 238, and 239 went up 13%. Um, but there's no clear message about a future decline in payment. Um, I think it's important to accept, at least I've accepted, that Medicare payment is not completely transparent, and this makes it a very challenging area. So the only area we're aware of that may have a potential favorable impact on payment is for hospitals to charge an equitable amount compared to other services. The reality is, you know, we're a market economy and hospitals charge much more for services than they actually get paid. So a lot of it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's our system. Um, So we're working on that, but we also need hospitals and pulmonary rehab programs to help us. And we just updated a pulmonary rehab reimbursement toolkit. If you Google it, um, you'll see it's updated and gives a Detailed explanation on how you might um, develop a um, equitable uh, charge rate and um, has some substance to that. So we're doing our best, but we're always interested in feedback from um, our colleagues.
0: So true in a way that reflects truly all the service that is provided in, during pulmonary rehab. Um, Chris, um, for the for the COPD, when we talk about gold stages two to four. This is traditionally what we know is covered per CMS. Is there any changes to that coverage?
1: Yeah, and I just want to comment. So for gold um COPD two through four and for COVID, recognize that Medicare has limited this to 71 one hour. I'm sorry, 72 one hour units per lifetime. So um, that's something that we have to keep in the back of our mind. Um, There's a separate system for non-COPD and non-COVID that basically is administered by uh, 12 regional Medicare administrative contractors, or MACs. So these entities interpret and administer Medicare rules, but they also have their own uniqueness. Therefore, you need to know in your state what your MAC is. If you go to cms.gov and do a search for MAC, or go to acvpr.org, same thing. You can learn more about your MAC in particular and what their rules are. Um, they say that we haven't seen any evidence of them um, having a 72 um, what a unit per lifetime, but it's also not in writing, so we have to be careful about that. So yes, the uh, gold stages two through four, um they're still covered, but it's it's a bit more complex. Um AACBPR has and will continue to provide five hour um uh summaries, uh workshops uh, that that are live and give you all the details or your staff all the details they need to know about um understanding this and billing. Got it.
0: And uh, Chris, what billing codes are used for PR and outpatient respiratory services that are used by the MACs, which is the Medicare Administration Contractors?
1: Yeah, good question. So um, they use GO237, GO238. These are both 15-minute billing codes and GO239, which is a group code. So um, it's all under outpatient respiratory services. So it's it's kind of like a parallel universe for pulmonary rehab. Um, it pays for many, but we don't know ex- in, in many cases, we don't know exactly which, um, uh, diagnosis they do pay for what, the best approach I think is to get to know your colleagues in your state, especially if you have a state cardiac and pulmonary rehab society, they are the experts at knowing what's going on locally and can give you support Um, for that. California is the only state that has a separate pulmonary rehab society in all other locations. It's combined with cardiac and pulmonary, and they do a really good job of supporting local um, clinicians.
0: Uh, Chris, are the requirements still the same? We need an MDDO referral order obtained prior to enrollment, initial assessment, development of the ITP, which is the Individualized treatment plan prior to start of care, and then every 30 days it is reviewed and signed by the medical director?
1: Yeah, so this is a great question, and yes, these rules continue. So it's important to recognize that staff typically play an important role in collaborative development of the ITPs. We all accept that. Medicare accepts that um, because you see the patient and you're doing all the um, detailed assessment for rehab. Um, But the physician signature needs to occur before start of care and before you drop a charge, before you bill for services. So we expect that all pulmonary rehab programs in the U.S. will ultimately be audited. Um, one more reason to be careful and be aware of these rules. Got it.
0: Um, Chris, let's go back a little bit uh, to the GZ, G0237, 0238, and 0239 codes. Can you please um, tell us a little bit more about what those codes includes and incapaces um, within it?
1: Yeah. So G0237 is defined as therapeutic procedure to increase strength or endurance in respiratory muscles um face-to-face one-to-one for 15 minutes so the way we interpret this uh, is strengthening and endurance so might be breathing retraining inspiratory muscle training etc um GO238 conversely is looking more at teaching so therapeutic procedures to improve respiratory function more than that Uh, Sorry, other than that, of GO237 face-to-face, one-to-one for 15 minutes. So this might be teaching MDIs, spacers, energy conservation, ADLs, airway clearance, stair climbing, uh, self-management, and smoking cessation. And then finally, um, the group code, GO239, is therapeutic procedures to improve respiratory function or increase strength or endurance of respiratory muscles. And this is a group code. Um, It is typically only billed once per session. However, if you're spending more time on one-to-one education, one-to-one exercise, or the things I mentioned for 237 and 238, you can build more units of those, but you have to substantiate it in the documentation. Um, So the group code typically used as a group exercise code. So this is your, many programs are interpreting this to mean this is your regular exercise session. But as you can tell by the way the G-Code's descriptions are written, it's not perfectly clear. So we just have to keep studying and understanding and helping each other um, because it's, it's not black and white. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. And another problem that we face, Chris, as you know, there is a lifetime session limitation by Medicare on pulmonary rehab specifically any updates about those 72 lifetime sessions limitation regarding 94625 and 94626? It's a We know it's a maximum of two one hour per day for up to 36 sessions, with an optional additional 36 sessions if medically necessary.
1: Yeah, this is a real ethical challenge to me. Um, so I'm not aware of any discussed or planned changes. Um, but it is an important area for advocacy um you know cardiac rehab doesn't is not limited um, to lifetime limits and they can repeat cardiac rehab for each covered event so um, this is a very frustrating reality that we're living with um, but recognize that you know if the patient has another pulmonary diagnosis like a separate one say asthma or um, pH pulmonary hypertension or some comorbidity that is a, a physician diagnosed um, pulmonary uh disorder um that they may be eligible for outpatient respiratory services but i would find out if this with from your state uh society is this a practice that's been um accepted by the local max so good to ask a lot of questions and make sure you have everything per in perfect order before you go down that road so mm-hmm. Uh, like we, um, it's important to know again that Macs do not appear to restrict the number of visits and we don't have that in writing, but that seems to be the case. So you just wanna be sure that you're um, documenting the medical necessity and appropriateness of uh, the care. So a lot of questions, not a lot of answers. So we're really looking for support from experts, um, AACBPR in your state society primarily. I think ATS is very supportive, but um, the Knowledge Bank is ACBPR in your state society. Right,
0: yes, yes. this is important, as many of our patients need many more sessions. And pulmonary rehab has more evidence behind it that it's really important for COPD patients and other respiratory disorders. Um, Chris, any updates regarding current reimbursement in 2024 uh, for the 94625, 94626
1: Mm -hmm. codes, and the G0237 and uh, 0238? Sure. So um, 94625 and 26, both um, are currently paid in 2024 at $58 per one hour unit, $58 and change. Um, For GO237 and GO238, the 15-minute codes, they're paid um, $28 and change per 15-minute unit. And then finally, um, GO239, the the therapeutic uh, respiratory group code, um one unit per um uh group um visit is uh $38 per unit and change. So um little increase in uh the um nine four six two five and two six and a, a pretty inc- incredible increase in GO two three seven, eight, and nine.
0: Yep. Although it's still a, you know, um uh...
1: Relatively.
0: Not relatively small to what we feel, you know, is necessary for our PR programs. Um, Chris, is your requirement remaining the same where physicians are not required to be physically in the room during PR but must be immediately available?
1: Correct. Yes. So physicians don't need to be physically present in the room. Um, that went away a long time ago. But they do need to be in, immediately available, meaning they shouldn't be doing a bronc or, you know, something that would be very hard to interrupt. So yes, that's, that's correct. It's still the same.
0: And is a waiver under public health emergency that we've seen with the COVID pandemic. Is it still in effect or it's over now?
1: Yeah, unfortunately it's over now. This is a big disappointment given that the ethics of not being able to provide um, virtual pulmonary rehab, particularly in rural settings um, where there's, very, there's a much lower um, ratio of center-based programs is really a challenge. The good news is there is a resolution before the um, House and Senate, um, House Resolution 1406, and then the Senate Partner Bill 3021. So, this is the Sustainable Cardiopulmonary Rehabilitation Services in the Home Act. So, this is a bipartisan bill that would allow hospital based programs, pulmonary rehab programs to provide virtual, real time audiovisual services in the patient's home on a permanent basis. So, AACVPR has a big campaign for this, um, and I have information on that, but um, we, we could always use your help, um, your patient's help in supporting these bills. We really want them to um, progress successfully. Absolutely. And we knew that
0: there was lower payment for newer off-site PR programs that are part of a hospital system. Um, And, you know, we don't know if this is truly fair for our patients. Any updates regarding
1: that? Yeah. So you're right that there um, was a 40% cut in the payment for outpatient programs. This happened um, because of, I believe, the growth of a lot of outpatient services, say for GI labs and different um, entities that were perhaps doing it for a financial gain. Um, But that's just a rumor. However, pulmonary rehab sort of got trapped in that. Um, So, yes, I believe it's 250 meters or I'm sorry, I don't have the exact figure, but it is a substantial um, distance from the uh, hospital center. Um, They are uh, at risk for this 40 percent cut. So there is a Senate bill. Um, 1849, the Sustaining Outpatient Services, or SOS Act, that's been introduced. There is a companion uh, House Bill 955 to exempt this payment reduction based solely on the location of the hospital outpatient services. ACBPR has been working hard to try to get this passed, and um, they definitely, we all need your help.
0: So we'll go back to question number 15. Um uh, mm-hmm as we were sharing, um, is the G0424 for COPD Gold Stages 2 to 4 still the only PR code covered for virtual PR? And we're still here in the virtual PR world.
1: Right, so um, the new CPT codes 94625 and 94626 replaced G0424 in 2022. Um, Note that Medicare does not pay for outpatient hospital-provided virtual pulmonary rehab at this point. Um, Only physician fee services typically used for physician office-based practices is allowed to bill for virtual pulmonary rehab using real-time face-to-face pulmonary rehab. All right.
0: And staying the virtual PR, any updates regarding the modifiers to use when billing for virtual PR?
1: Good question. So for any pulmonary rehab, um, and this would include outpatient pulmonary rehab, the KX modifiers are used as an attestation that helps to verify and document that further treatment beyond this 36 sessions is medically necessary, up to a total of 72 uh, sessions.
0: All right. Um, Well, those are very important uh, information that you shared, Chris, regarding virtual PR and reimbursement. Do you believe hospitals are still underreporting the cost to provide PR, which by itself is leading to inaccurate assessment and uh, lack of uh, accurate reimbursement, inadequate reimbursement for our PR programs?
1: Yeah, good question. So this does appear to be the case, given that there's an ongoing lag in reimbursement. Um, We can't easily audit all pulmonary rehab programs in the US, however, an analysis of Medicare of the Medicare database back in 2015 of approximately 1,300 U.S. hospitals that were providing outpatient pulmonary rehab provided us with some insights. The review demonstrated that there's significant variability in charges for the bundled code. Um, Hospitals charging between $44 and almost $2,000 per unit. Hospital annual cost reports also had some variability with a range of um, charging 4 to $1,200 per unit. We found nearly half of the respondents um, were charging um, less than $50 per unit. So yes, we think that's still the case. And um, again, the emphasis is the complexity of care, the scope of everything that's included in the bundle code needs to be reflected in the amount charged. Um, in the pulmonary rehab reimbursement toolkit I mentioned, um, there's many resources for helping to get this right. Um, so very important area. I wrote a, about a one page summary that providers and, um, uh, the pulmonary rehab clinicians can hand to their hospital CFO to explain, um, what the challenges are and what the priorities are from a pulmonary rehab standpoint. We want to be part of the answer, not part of the problem. Um, So I think an active approach and getting to know your billing leads and your hospital admin and getting physicians, pulmonologists to support the cause um, since they're the ones that are basically bringing the money to the hospital. Absolutely.
0: it's uh, this is very important. And we know that you've been advocating and helping a lot push legislations and other measures to help expand PR reimbursement. Do you have, please, Chris, any updates regarding upcoming or current work with legislators and CMS to expand coverage and indications for PR, but also to have a more fair reimbursement, similar to what we see in cardiac rehab reimbursements?
1: Yeah. Good question. So definitely the bill I mentioned, HR 1406, to make virtual um, synchronous pulmonary rehab covered by Medicare is a high priority. We don't really see um, much of any avenues for improving payment beyond hospitals charging appropriate amounts for pulmonary rehab that represent the complexity of services and patients and the amount of time and and resources um, used to do that. Um, To better understand this, one thing uh, to consider is to look at your hospital charge master um, and look for what is charged for pulmonary function testing and echocardiograms and cardiac rehab and how they compare to pulmonary rehab, um, and also consider the complexity of pulmonary rehab services in patients versus cardiac rehab. So I think that trying to build an argument for why there is an inequity, um, certainly pulmonary rehab is at least as complex, if not more so than, uh, in my opinion, than cardiac rehab or ECHOs or PFTs. Completely agree, yes. Chris,
0: um, thank you so much for your time. Those were great updates, and thank you for joining us today um, to help us understand a little bit more about pulmonary rehab reimbursement coverage and where we stand. I guess there's a lot more work to be done in promoting pulmonary rehab and advocating for our patients. Any final words, Chris, before we conclude today?
1: No, I think this is a very exciting time. There's a lot going on, um, some of it behind the scenes, but I think that the more involved we are, the more we're communicating, the more we're prepared to interface with our colleagues and hospital administration, the better off we are. So it's getting better, but we always need your help. Um, so please avail yourself to the resources that are there. Um, you can also connect with me. I'm on the ATS um a directory, um, and I'm here to help. So thanks for the time, and uh, thanks for all the hard work you're doing.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, I want to thank as well the American Trust Society Pulmonary Rehab Assembly and the Web Committee for their support, the ATS as well, and thanking our listeners for their time. Um, and looking forward for other podcasts in the ATS PR Web Committee series that helps highlight those important topics and continue working on promoting PR Uh, pulmonary rehab for our patients. Thanks so much, Chris.
1: Thank you.